0: Hello and welcome to Connect Point's podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Skip through this 11th chapter a little bit and read several verses of scripture. I am so thankful and encouraged, amen, by your worship, your prayer, your hunger today. And I appreciate that very much. And I know that there are many needs represented in the house. A broad spectrum of things, challenges, and difficulties. Amen. But there is a worship that has gone forth amen, and a faith, and I appreciate that very tremendously. Deuteronomy chapter 11, we'll start by reading verses 1 through 5. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. And know ye this day, for I speak not with your children which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm, and his miracles, and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh the king of Egypt, and to all his land, and what he did unto the army of Egypt unto their horses, into their chariots, how he made the water of the red sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord hath destroyed them unto this day, verse 5, and what he did unto you in the wilderness until you came until unto this place, verse 7 through 12. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord, which he did, Therefore shall ye keep all the commandments which I command you this day, that ye may be strong, and go in and possess the land, whither ye go to possess it. And that ye may prolong your days in the land, which the Lord sware unto your fathers to give unto them, and to their seed, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Verse 10. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from which ye came out, Where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither you go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. A land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. Amen. Verse 18 through 21. Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that ye may be as frontlets they may be as frontlets between your eyes and ye shall teach them your children speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. Somebody say amen. 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 I want to preach this simple subject today from repeat to change. From repeat to change. Why don't you shake two or three people's hands around you, smile at them, tell them you're sure glad to see them today. Amen. On this first service of the new year, I want to challenge us towards greatness. It is in the challenge that greatness comes. It is in the test. I need somebody to hear me today that's going through some stuff. It is in the test. It is in the struggles. It's even in the battles that greatness is found. Greatness is never achieved in the complacent or in the lazy. Greatness is never discovered accidentally. I'll reserve our complete vision for 2020 until our vision Sunday on the 19th, after we have come almost to the conclusion of our 20 days of prayer and fasting. On the 19th, I will be preaching more of a vision service, amen, for 2020. But I do want to touch on a few things here this morning on this beginning of services. I don't want us to get too sucked into the 360-some days that are ahead of us and miss the value of today. Everybody say today. Today is a day of change. Today is a day of miracles. Today is a day of problem-solving and deliverance. Today is a day of decision. I love the newness of a year and I love the idea of having an entire year ahead of you that you can make some positive changes and you can become a different person in ways that would benefit you and your family and you can make some changes that could grow on your relationship with God and all of that is wonderful and I I hope that you have amen started off the year with the intent of doing just that. But I don't want us to get too sucked into the, the 360 plus and miss the value of right. Now the psalmist in 118 said, this is the day which the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will be glad in this day. I need to tell somebody in the house of the Lord today that that's a decision you make. That's not based upon how you feel. That's based upon what you know. Hallelujah. It's not based upon whether you're healthy today, whether everything is going right today. It's based upon the fact that you know that there is a God who is more than anything. who is a constant, who is an ever-present, who is able to be here for you today. And so I will praise the Lord today. I will glorify the Lord today. I will exalt the Lord today. Whether it's a good day uh, or I'm struggling, uh, I'm going to make up in my mind, hallelujah, that this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will. I will it. Amen. It is my will that I will rejoice and be glad in it. I need to tell somebody in this house this morning that if you're going to accomplish the things in 2020 that you have set out to accomplish, it is going to have to be your will to accomplish it. Nobody is going to make you do it. Nobody is going to do it for you. uh, And we can't hold your hand all the way through it all. We've got our own things we got to deal with. You've got to make up in your will. Hallelujah. I will do this today. I will pray today. I will study the word of God today. I will get connected to Jesus before I get connected to anything else. Hallelujah. I'll give him the best of my day, the first of my day, and I'm going to grow in him. I will lay everything else aside, and I will focus on him. I will. Somebody say, I will. Amen. Turn your neighbor and tell him, I will. It has to be your will to do it. Amen. It's already God's will. Amen. We don't have to wonder. I wonder if God wants to be closer to me. I wonder if God wants me to read the Bible today. I wonder if God cares if I go to church or not. Amen. It sounds like foolishness, doesn't it? We know what his will is. His will is clear. Amen. But our will must be toward him. A lot can happen in a year. Lives can change in a year. Eternities can be altered in a year. But the Lord can do all those things in a single day. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Lord can do all of those things today. That can happen right now. That can happen before we leave this place this morning. Amen. In six days, he created the earth and the stellar heaven. In six days, he created light and all of life. He can do a lot in a day. Amen. He can do a lot today. Oh, hallelujah. I'm just just right off the beginning of this service. I'm just trying to get us in the mindset that we understand that even though we think and we look and we say I got a whole year ahead of us, uh, what we only know uh, is that I have right now. That's what all I think I know for sure is that I've got right now, I've got this moment in this place, uh, in this spirit of God. Amen. With this breath in my lungs uh, and this blood flowing through my veins, uh, I've got today. Today can be the day of salvation can day to be the day of deliverance. Uh, today can be the day that I do it. I don't have to take the whole year to get there. I can get there today. Amen. After the Lord miraculously delivered the Israelites from 400 years of bondage, that's generational bondage. You hear me? 400 years means generational bondage. It means people were born into bondage, lived in bondage, died in bondage. It's generational. It's a culture of bondage. Amen. It's a people whose very nature was dictated by bondage. Everybody hear what I'm saying today? Their actions, their culture, their behavior, everything they did was dictated by the bondage that they were in. And then a day came when God spoke deliverance. And after their deliverance, they were given direction. Because that's how God works. Amen. He delivers and then he directs. He never acts without a plan and a purpose already in place. Oh, hallelujah. He never acts so if if you found some deliverance this year, in 2019, if you found some deliverance in your life, you shouldn't be struggling for direction. Because the direction's there. If you're struggling for direction, it's because you're pushing against it. If you're struggling for direction, it's because you're choosing not to hear the voice of God. But when God delivers, he automatically directs. He already has a plan. He already has a purpose. He's already got it all laid out. He's already ready to go. It's just about us. Oh, hallelujah. He is the God that changes. Not the same yesterday, today, and forever. The only caveat is us. What will we do? He knows exactly what he has done. He knows exactly what he is doing. He knows exactly what he will do. Oh, hallelujah. See, you need to understand that about God, or else we can get caught up and get stuck in stuff that has nothing to do with God. You need to understand that God is a forward-moving God, that God is a progressing God. That God is a conquering God. That God is a take me to a higher place than I've ever been kind of God. A deeper relationship than I've ever known type of God. Show me things I've never seen before type of God. Let me get in places of prayer that I never thought were possible kind of God. These are the things that God is. He's always been that way. He'll always be that way. And so if we're stuck, hallelujah, we got to look at us. i got to look in the mirror, and i got to see why am I... Stuck. Because God's not stuck. Oh, hallelujah. A day came while they were experiencing freedom for the first time when God told the people through Moses in Deuteronomy 11 and 1, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. Somebody say always. He says you must do that which God appoints to be observed and that which God appoints to be done. He said there are some things, there are are, are his charge, there are some things that he has appointed you to do, ways that you should live, ways that you should behave, ways that you should act, amen, that he has appointed these things to be observed and done. And the way we accomplish these things is by keeping those statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. But it begins with, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Oh, hallelujah, amen, before he talks about his charge and before he talks about his statutes and his judgments and his commandments and before he tells them all of the things that they should do and how they should do it and when they should do it and where they should do it. Not because he's a dictator, just because he knows what's best. Amen. Not because he just wants to manipulate us around like uh, chess pieces on a board, but because he knows what the right way is. He knows what the best direction is. He knows what the best plan is. He's not trying to make it harder. He's trying to make it easier. He's not trying to take you over the mountain. Uh, He's trying to get you into a place where where the path is clear and straight. But we got to obey his statutes, and we got to obey his judgments, and we have to obey his commandments But before we'll ever do any of those things. Uh, It says, Thou shalt love the Lord. Lord thy God. If I love him, then I want his statutes. If I love him, then I want his judgments. If I love him, then I want his commandments in my life. If I'm struggling against the judgments of God, the commandments of God, the things that God wants me to do, if I'm struggling against it, if I'm working against it, if I'm saying no to it, it's not because I don't understand the commandment or the judgment. It's because I don't love him. Oh, Oh, hallelujah. He's more than a miracle man. He's more than a deliverer, provider, protector. He is our God, and we must love him if we are going to say we serve him. To serve him is to love him. Oh, hallelujah. And so God points out to them in verses 2 through 5, And know ye this day, for I speak. Look now, he says, I'm not talking to your children which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, his stretched out arm, his miracles, his acts, the things that he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and all his land, the thing that he did to the army of Egypt unto their horses, their chariots, how he made the waters of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord hath destroyed them unto this day, and what he did unto you in the wilderness until you came into this place. He says, I'm not talking to your children. Your children don't know about the power of God Yet... Your children don't have the experiences of deliverances from bondage like you do. Your children don't know what it feels like to have their pursuing enemy destroyed before their very eyes in a miraculous way. Your children don't know all this. I, I, I have to ask myself, why does God take time to point this out to them? Why does God pause in the middle of all of this to point out to them, I'm not talking to you, your children I'm talking to you I believe uh, it's because he is letting them know uh, that things can be different uh, for their children uh, than it was for them I believe he is letting them know that they've been given miraculously a fresh start. They've been given a new beginning and they can lead their children in a completely different path than they had. I'm talking to some moms and dads in this place today who've got a history that's got darkness in it, a history that's got bondage in it, a history that's got disobedience to God in it, and you've got some children under your care. Hear the word of the Lord. God is going to remind you you uh, of what he's doing in your life, uh, what he's done in your life, uh, what he wants to do in your life for uh, the point uh, that your children don't have to walk the same pathway you walk. They don't have to go through the same destruction you went through, get addicted to the same nonsense you were addicted to, live under the oppression of sin like you did. You've been delivered and you've got a brand new way and a brand new path. You've got to teach it to your children. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In 2020, we will be spending time looking at family. We'll be talking about family, apostolic family. I've been asking everyone through social media and through here to buy the book, The Apostolic Family, uh, Living in the the 21st Century. Amen. It's It's a great book. I want you to get your hands on it, and I want you to begin to read it. And we'll study it and and we'll search how to have a God-given family, apostolic family in this culture. How to navigate our families through our world today. Amen. And if you say, well, I could have used that 20 years ago. Sorry. (laughs) But maybe you got some grandkids you can help with you seeing seen all these kids that we have here. They could use some direction, some help. Amen? I highly encourage everybody to get that book and begin to read it. We're going to be looking at, family, because we have a precedent that was set by an unchanging God thousands of years ago that he can deliver us from our culture and offer a better way to our children. Oh, hallelujah. And I don't know of anyone. You would have to be very hard-hearted. You would have to be very cold indeed to not care about your children. Amen. Amen. And we have a God that is saying to us in 2020, Amen. There is a new fresh beginning. There is a brand new start. I'm offering you things that you've never seen or experienced before in your life. And I want you to know that it's for you and for your children. Hallelujah. And for all them that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. He's got power. He's got deliverance. And he's got a brand new. How many believe there is an apostolic life worth living how many believe there is a way of righteousness and purity and holiness how many believe there is a life hallelujah that can rise above the pits and the pig pens of our society and walk with the Lord I want it for me I want it for you and I want it for our children we need hallelujah that kind of revival oh hallelujah amen as God is reaching new families and reaching into new areas, we have a message. We have, hallelujah, a message that is real, that is true, oh hallelujah. I'm thankful to be a part of the apostolic church. I'm thankful to know what the Pentecostal experience is. I'm glad to be a part of the United Pentecostal Church International. Amen. It's not the only Holy Ghost-filled, one God, apostolic, holiness church that exists on the earth, but it's a great one to be a part of, and I'm glad that I am a part of it. Everybody else can have their arguments, uh, and they can get all divisive, and they can be splitting up uh, because they can't agree uh, on what marriage is, or what family is, or what right is, or what wrong is, but I'm glad to be an apostolic Pentecostal, unashamed to say There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism that God created man and woman, that God designed the family, hallelujah, to be one man and one woman and that we should raise our children in accordance with the word of God. That's not hate. That's not me tearing anybody else down. That's me lifting God up. I want to lift God up because he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. So we must do that which God has called us to do and be that which God has called us to be. Verses 7 through 12. So he says to the adults, But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which he did. Therefore, shall ye keep all the commandments which I command you this day? Why do we keep his commandments? That you may be strong. Oh, hallelujah. You see, your flesh is a liar. You see how I said that strategically? I didn't say you were a liar. <laughs> our flesh is a liar. And our flesh, we think that we're being strong Because we're going to do it our way. That's weakness. Keeping his commandments is where strength comes from. Oh, hallelujah. That you may be strong and go in and possess the land whether you go to possess it. And that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed a land that floweth with milk and honey. For the land whether thou goest in to possess is not as the land of Egypt from which you came out where thou sowest thy seed and waters it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land, whither you go to possess it, is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. Amen. What that means is the eyes of the Lord are always upon it. Because the end of the year just becomes the beginning of the year. The beginning of the year just leads to the end of the year. Right? It just keeps going. It means the eyes of the Lord are always upon it. I want to be somewhere where the eyes of the Lord are always upon me. Oh, hallelujah. I want to be in His will so that His eyes are upon me. God has shown us some powerful and miraculous things. 2019 was a miraculous year in many ways for this congregation of believers, and we have thanked God, and we will continue to thank Him for everything that He has done and is doing. Those of us that have been around for a while have seen enough, and I'm going to make a bold statement here, and I hope that you'll agree, but I, I believe now at this point surely we have seen enough of God that we don't have to doubt Him anymore oh hallelujah because i'm going to tell you something about the apostolic church the apostolic church works best when it's doubt free It works best when it's doubt free. The reason why God has done miraculous things for this congregation of believers is because we have believed it. We had had faith for it. We have prayed, fasted for it, sacrificially given to it. We've aligned ourselves with the word of God and when you align yourself with the word of God, God responds the way God can respond. And the reason why he did miracles in our midst and he showed us things that seemed like they would be impossible is not just so that we could have a a new building. It's not just so we could accomplish some new things. It's because he's trying to eliminate doubt in his church because if he can get a church that's not doubtful but a church that's bold, hallelujah, he's looking for an apostolic church that's full of boldness, that's full of authority, that's full of power, that's full of the Holy Ghost. Do you know that the book of Acts church never prayed for revival? They never prayed for revival. They never said, God, send revival. They never did any of that. You know what they said? They said, God, give us boldness. Hallelujah. They prayed that God would give them boldness. They prayed that God would give them boldness because uh, they had already been given everything else. Everything had already been promised unto them. They had already been told hallelujah that this is for you and your children and all of them that are far off. They had already been shown miraculously that every nation tribe and tongue hallelujah was going to be able to experience the power of an awesome God. They had already witnessed the miraculous. They were already seeing it. They never prayed for revival. They just prayed for boldness. Because if they would be bold, then they would always have revival. If they would be bold, there would always be people being baptized in Jesus' name. If they would be bold, there would always be people getting gift of the Holy Ghost. If they would be bold, they would never have to worry, amen, about trying to get some new face to show up on a Sunday morning. But it would be happening daily, amen, as the Lord our God would would call it would happen all the time they didn't ask for revival they said Lord give us boldness we need boldness we need to be fully apostolic oh hallelujah when we are fully apostolic we will be bold I didn't say I didn't say rude I said bold oh hallelujah boldness Boldness. You see, we excuse a lot of things because we say we don't want to be rude. The reality is we don't want to be bold. Our flesh says, I, I would say something. I would talk to him. I, I would ask him. I, I, I would invite him. I, I would, but I, I don't want to be rude. It's not rude when you're talking about the things of God. It's not rude if you're, if you're imparting Truth and love. It's not rude. It might be bold. They might not be expecting it. It might catch them off guard. But it didn't catch God off guard. Oh, hallelujah. They were bold. We need boldness. Hallelujah. We've witnessed enough by now to trust God with all of our heart. We've experienced enough to know that he is a God that can and a God that will. We should all know by now that when we pray and seek his face, that he will respond. That when we knock, he will open. When we seek, he will find. We shouldn't. I'm talking just to the core now. We, we shouldn't really need him to be teaching us that over and over again. We should know by now when we faithfully give and sacrificially give that God will bless and God will take care of it. He's done it time and time and time again. That shouldn't be hard for us anymore. I believe we also stand upon an even, an even greater promise. I feel as if we stand upon the precipice of a greater promise for this congregation and for this region. That God wants to give us this region for his kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. That's all right. The baby said amen. That's all I needed. That God wants to give us this region for his kingdom. That God wants to give us this region for his kingdom. Anybody believe that? Amen. I know we've moved into new territory. Amen. But now we have to possess the land. That's a different thing. To move into a territory is one thing, but to possess the land, uh, amen, is another. And we will do it uh, in God's strength uh, if he says you keep my commandments. Uh, If you will do what I tell you to do, uh, if you will do what I ask you to do, uh, if you will obey my judgments and my commandments, uh, you will be able to possess. Possess the land. Amen. We didn't move here just to move here. We moved here to possess the land. We moved here because God has a greater move for us. A greater experience for us. A great revival on the horizon. It's here. We're in the middle of it. And God wants to do it. But we've got to obey him. Hear his voice. Do it his way. And it will work. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Amen. If we follow his lead, we will not temporarily possess it. I don't want to temporarily possess it. He says in verse 9, that we may prolong our days in the land that flows with milk and honey. Prolong our days. Oh, hallelujah. My God. Because there is a human element of the church. Because there is a temporal element of the church, because there is a fleshly element that happens with churches, churches can come and go. I want you to hear me today. I'm not speaking with any prophetic voice. I have not seen anything. I'm not saying that I feel like this is happening. I'm just speaking a reality of the nature. Churches can come and churches can go. Hallelujah. He has a bride. The bride is what is, amen, told to us, will exist forever. There will be a spotless bride. Amen. 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 Whether or not Connect Point United Pentecostal Church is a part of that spotless bride or not, uh, amen, is up to us uh, and how we live our lives uh, and what we preach uh, and what we teach, uh, amen, and how we worship, that's up to us. Uh, whether or not we just come out to this new territory uh, and then start to fade away into the darkness, uh, it's up to us. If we're going to be a beacon up on a hill, uh, then let's let the light shine. In fact, uh, why don't we stir it up a little bit and build the fire? little higher and a little harder so that people can see it from even farther away. I wonder if anybody would agree with Pastor this morning and say I believe we are divinely positioned for massive revival for possessing this region. Does anybody agree with me this morning that God has got a plan and a purpose that's already in place and many souls are going to be saved? I wish if you believed that you'd clap your hands under the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God makes it clear that this new life, when he speaks to them, this new life is not like their old life. Verses 10 and 11, for the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from when you came out of. When you were in Egypt, you sowed thy seed and watered it with your foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither you go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain. Of heaven in their past they lived as slaves in Egypt there they had little to no rain and they relied on the occasional overflow of the Nile River to bring some water to the crops planted near the river and also they had to build irrigation channels to get the sparse water that was available to get it channeled to where their crops were. They had to carry the water by foot and they had to pour it out in minimal amounts so as to not overuse it, so as to maybe have a little bit left because it may not rain again for a very long time. They had to try to store it up. You see what he was saying here? He's saying when you lived, slaves in Egypt you had very little water to use and it rained very little and so it was very hard work to get very minimal out of it you couldn't have vast fields of crops you couldn't have an abundance of food, you couldn't do these types of things because it was labor intensive but it provided very little it was slave work, and the Israelites knew it all too well. And their life in Egypt had been very, very hard. But God tells them that the next chapter of their lives can be different because they were being relocated to a place of blessing. Oh, hallelujah. And he says, I'm relocating you to a place it's a land of hills and valleys, and it drinketh water of the rain of heaven. What he is saying is that I'm bringing you to a land that I have designed specifically to work for you. Oh, hallelujah. He says, I, I will provide the rain from heaven and the hills and the valleys will funnel the water to the places you needed to go. You're not going to have to build the irrigation ditches. You're not going to have to fill up the buckets and carry them by foot. You're not going to have to live the way you used to live uh, with just a little bit and barely enough. But I'm bringing you to a place uh, where it's going to rain from heaven uh, repeatedly uh, and it's going to fall down upon the ground. Uh, and I have designed the gra- to work for your behalf. I have been positioned you in a place where the blessings are going to flow to you. The blessings are going to come directly from heaven and they're going to flow right into your life. I've designed it that way. I don't know about you, but if I had to pick between Egypt and the promise, it's not much of a decision. I want to live in the land of hills and valleys. I want to live with where the rain falls from heaven, I want to live where God brings the blessings to my life. Oh, hallelujah! 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 Amen. You see, some have just recently discovered that there is more to life than Egypt. There may be some here today that may be relatively new and are used to life beating you up all the time. And you're used to living as if you're walking through quicksand and quagmire. You're used to the darkness, having to stumble around to try to find the right way to go. But I believe God is beginning to show some of even those that are relatively new that we love you so much and we're so glad that you're a part of our family. And he's beginning to show you that there is more to life than what you have had in the past. That there is more to life than what you've experienced um, heretofore. He is introducing you to a life that is designed by him with you in mind. I want you to hear Pastor, say that. There is a life that is designed by God with you in mind. In mind. Oh, hallelujah. It's already prepared. The choice is yours to make. If you want it, you got to go all in with God. (laughs) Yes, you're in an apostolic Pentecostal church today. So I'll say it again. If you want this life, you have to go all in with God. You can stand on the outside and look in, but it's not going to be the same. You can see God move in other people's lives, but that's not going to be what you're looking for. You can try and find a middle ground that exists between God and this world. It does not exist. If we want the promises of God... We must love God. Love God. Love means I'm all in. Love means I'm all in. Greater love hath no man than this. He would lay down his life for his friends. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. All in. All in. Amen. I promise to honor and cherish you all the days that I shall live till death do us part. Love is all in. That may not be the message that you hear from American Christianity today. It may not be what general Christianity in America is preaching or teaching, but it is what the Bible teaches. If we want the promises of God, if we want the blessings of God, if we want God to divinely direct our lives, if we want to live, hallelujah, in the overflow of the rains of heaven and live a life that is designed by God for us, we must go all in. And so he explains what this looks like, and I'm coming to a close. Verses 18 through 21, he says, Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Everything your hand does, everything your eyes see, needs to be about him. And ye shall teach them, your children, Speaking of them, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house, so it should be in the conversation of your family routinely. It should not be uncomfortable. It should not be weird. It should become a part of the conversation of your home. It should become part of the sounds of your home. Can I tell somebody today that we live in a sinful culture, but you also have a culture in your house? Amen. Uh, And we may live in a dark and sinful culture, but that can stop at the door in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I got Jesus on the doorpost. Uh, I got Jesus in the foundation. I got Jesus on the CD player. I got Jesus on the iPod. Uh, I got Jesus on the television. I got Jesus uh, in my conversation around the dinner table. I got Jesus before my kids go to bed at night. I got Jesus before they head off to school in the morning. I got a culture in my I hope that's what's offered to us. That's what we can have. Hallelujah! On the foundations, in the doorposts, on the roof, in our eyes, with our hands, with everything out of our mouth. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah! He says you need to teach him to your children. When thou set us down, when thou rise us up, when you go in the way, when you're traveling, when you're going to work, when you're going about your day upon the gates, that, he says now, that's what, mean, that's what going all in looks like. And he says, if you do that, he says, that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. He says, "He says, if you want this place of abundance that's designed specifically for you, where the blessings come, the strength comes, the help comes, the deliverance comes, the healing comes, if you want that, you can have it. Obey my commandments, he says, and love me, he says, and I will not just put you there. I will multiply your days in that place. Oh, hallelujah. Where loving God saturates every aspect of our lives, touches everything in us and around us, informs how we lead our homes and raise our children. It brings with it a promise of greater things. And so today, I bring us a word here. The word is Shana. Shana is an interesting word in the Hebrew because it means both to repeat and to change. A single word that seems to have contradictory meanings. Nature repeats itself, right? Winter, spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, summer, fall. If you live here, some places, it's just summer, but that's also repetition. I always find it interesting. There's always a group of people that leave those type of places and come to these type of places because they're bored with those type of places. That's just the human nature. I remember being with some friends in southern Florida. I said, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, we had plans. I said, what's the temperature? I mean, is it going to be nice? Is it going to rain? no it's going to be like like it's been for the last month and a half it's it's going to be what it is it's like oh okay but i also remember those same people saying man it'd be nice if it would rain i miss the rain <laughs> that's human nature right nature repeats itself no matter what it is it repeats itself A seed falls to the ground, busts forth into the soil. Nourishment comes, it pokes through into the sunshine, and it begins to grow. That seed then produces more seed. That more seed will fall to the ground, bust through to the sunlight and rain, and it will grow to produce more seed yet again. All of nature, amen, repeats itself. There is a constant in God's creation. It was spoken into motion, and it changes not. God said, it will be, it shall be, let it be. And it was, and it always has been. It's a constant. It repeats itself. Amen. And now we have a new year before us. But what kind of year will it be? You say, well, what kind of question is that? Well, will it just be a repeat? of last year, I understand the calendar is going to repeat. I understand there's going to be Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and so forth. I understand the sun is going to rise and it's going to set. But what type of year is it going to be for you? Will it be just a repeat of the same actions, the same decisions, the same behaviors as 2019? Will we make the same mistakes and have the same regrets? The nature of nature is to repeat. It's what it does. And we can succumb to the nature and just become repetitive beings to where we fall for the same traps. Listen to the same lies. Repeat the same behaviors that we've been repeating for years to come and years before. We can be up, we can be down. We can be up, we can be down. You say, why are people's lives so tumultuous? It's not tumultuous, it's repetitive. Some people, they're just up and down, up and down, up and down. It's not because everything's that way in their life. That's just the way that they are. They've chosen to that to be their nature. They're repetitive, and that's what it's going to be. And we can fall for the same traps, believe the same lies, amen, keep ourselves in the same place that we've been for the whole year. But Shanna also means change. The word, the same word in the biblical Hebrew also means change. Our holy and perfect God changes not, but he changes not so that we can change. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's holy and he's always been holy. He's perfect and he's always been perfect. He's righteous and just and he's always been and he always will. And the reason why he's constant is so that we can see him and look to him and we can be changed by him. So I don't have to live in darkness. I don't have to live in sin. I don't have to live in fear because I've got a constant that is calling me to change. And so why nature repeats itself in the natural in the supernatural you can have a change in your life in 2020 it can be the best year you've ever had oh I wish if you believed that you'd clap your hands and shout unto God oh hallelujah in the natural stand with me if you would please in the natural, all things repeat. <laughs> but in the supernatural, God makes all things new. Amen? God makes all things new. And so we can choose to serve the one who makes us free from the bondage of the natural. We can love the Lord And obey his commandments. And we can step away from repeat, 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 repeat. And we can step into change. 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 Different. Better. If I say better. God can make it better. That's the simplest way I could say it to a three year old child. God can make it better. God can make it better. But, Daddy, I fell down and I scratched my knee and it's bleeding. God can make it better. there is a decision that has to be made about our love and what we love and who we love because if we will love the Lord our God then we will keep his charge his statutes his judgments his commands And instead of being locked in to just some repetitive, natural, fleshly thing that's just never quite what I want to be, I can step into the Shana of change, of new, of fresh. Oh, hallelujah. I wish you'd lift your hands unto the Lord right now. Everybody in the house, lift your hands. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.